uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope your week's been pretty good. Mine has been busy, busy. Um, Lots of interviews. I've done probably two interviews every day for about a week. So I get home from work, I uh, put the coffee on, and then I sit down and I chat about music, and I love it. I wouldn't want it any other way. It's uh, It's been awesome. Obviously, the weather is warming up here in Australia, so festivals are on, albums are dropping, music is getting put out, and that means that a lot of people are keen to have a chat, and uh, I am very excited about it. I'm excited about the months to come. I'm excited about this Friday in particular. This Friday, Sly Withers are releasing a brand new album. If you don't know Sly Withers, they're a four-piece pop-punk band from Perth in Australia. I first started listening to them when I was cruising around in a uh, in a motorhome and they just sort of appeared on Spotify and I was like, who the hell is this? These guys rip. And uh, I, after further investigation, I realised that they had already released a bunch of stuff and I was a bit late to the party, but um, <laughs> I got Sam and Jono. They're both the vocalists and guitarists of this band Slide with us. They're going to be on the show soon. We chat about a lot of stuff, in particular, obviously, the album that comes out this Friday, Overgrown. Uh, I've listened to uh, the few singles that they've got out that are going to appear on this album, and I truly, hand on heart, believe that this is going to be one of the biggest and best pop-punk albums of 2022. I feel like they've stepped it up a bit. I really loved Gardens, their recent record, but um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this one this one goes. And I just oh, look at the end of the day, I just want to hear pop punk, and they are masters of the genre in Australia at the moment. Uh, they're going from strength to strength. So yeah, we talk about that album. Uh, we also talk about the DIY days. These guys are only young, but they've been together for ten years. Uh, Sam and Jono have been writing music for about that long, so they know each other pretty well. But you know, we talk about what it's like at the start when you know you've got to manage everything yourself. You've got to book the shows yourself, you've got to make the t-shirts, all the fun stuff. And uh, they're still doing some of that stuff, which is really great to hear, actually. I I love that even when the bands, you know, progress to that next level and they go to the next tier, that they've still got a hand in uh, the things they love doing, like making the shirts and stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really impressive. We talk about writer's block. It happens to a lot of creative people. And, uh, and I suppose the thing I've always wondered, if you've got two guys that are writing lyrics or writing songs in the band, uh, when one of them gets writer's block, does the other one help out? And um, we'll get an answer on that. And another really cool part of this interview, if you're in a band, you're starting a band, or you've been in a band for a long time, you'll know the most important thing is mateship, that connection that you have, having each other's backs. Sam and Jono have that for each other. You can just tell. They've been together over a decade, and, and you can't do that unless you genuinely enjoy each other's company. And these guys... Like I said, I've got each other's backs and uh, it's really, really great to see. Let's get them on. This is Jono and Sam from Sly Withers. 
How are we, boys? Yeah, good. Well. Thanks, man. What's been happening? What's happening today? Uh, I've got some interviews, um, and I've got a mountain of uni assignments that I'm trying to get through whilst trying to roll out this record, which is a fun little challenge. Plenty of stuff happening. What are you studying? I'm doing communications and media oh, studies. Cool. I did the same. What, what, what's the uh, what's the end goal there? You want to you know, obviously keep the band going. <laughs> it's the it's the old it's the old backup plan. It's like I, I started in 2014 and I realized pretty recently that my credits from first year expire next year. So nice. I'm just trying to smash out my last few units so that I don't just waste all this time and effort and money. But yeah, hey, John has been working hard today. Yeah, I did a morning sure with Joel moving concrete from one spot to another spot. <laughs> And now you got a bunch of interviews. I feel sorry for you, man. I feel I feel bad actually having to do this interview. Nah. No, this is going to be a breeze now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. This is a lot easier. Well, it's great to have you guys on the podcast. Um, what an exciting time for you boys. It's it's truly, uh, you've got this album that's coming out. Um, you've released a few singles from it already. And uh, But before, when I was setting up this uh, the, this podcast and getting talking to your PR uh, representative, uh, they were saying that, um, am I going to film this video? Am I going to do the Zoom call and have video as well? And I said, oh, well, I might use the, the video. You know, is that all right? And, she, and I said, is, is that a problem? And, they, and she said, no, I just got to make sure that they're not naked. <laughs> Was that a we possibility? We are notorious for rocking up to interviews fully <laughs> naked. That is definitely something that happens. I was going to beat you to it. Last <laughs> breaker. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been a shocking uh, first uh, entrance. Anyways, like I was saying, new record on the way. Must be a very exciting time. Obviously, you've done this before. You've done it twice before, actually. It has the build-up. There's a bit more, like, well, maybe you guess it's hard to compare, but I feel very excited about this one. I'd say maybe more than I did so with Gardens. I just feel like it's a the product that we have to deliver this time is, like, something that we're really, really proud of. So, yeah, I just can't wait for it to be out and get into playing some shows. Sam, your thoughts? Uh, I, I mean, the, the two singles I believe that you've released, and I've been listening to you guys for a little while now, uh, it definitely, to me, it's sounding a lot more polished. I love the other stuff, but the two singles that I've heard so far, um, Rip and Stuff, they're both going to be on the album, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's super exciting. As as John has said, like it's, I feel like we have, we've taken a bit of a step up pretty deliberately. It was the first time we've made a record where we've gone in and not just recorded the songs as we already have them kind of written like we, we had everything written, but we went in and we really picked everything apart with our producer, Dave Parkin, and kind of just like, yeah, put a lot of thought into like every individual step of the process rather than just going in and trying to smash out the recordings of these songs that we've written as has kind of been just the necessity of the process in the past. So yeah, it's super, it's super exciting and we're super proud. And yeah, I'm really keen for people to hear it. How long did it take you to get it together? I think we started getting ready, getting ready about 12 months ago. We bought a bunch of demoing equipment and we set up a room at Jono's house and me and Jono spent most of the summer just demoing songs we had and writing and getting everything kind of together. And then we eventually took it to the rest of the boys, Shane and Joel, and we had a couple jams to get ready for the studio. But yeah, it's, it's been about a year. You must get a lot of questions. You both are singer-songwriters and I've listened to both styles. They are different styles and you both sing similar-ish but there's definitely a Mark and a Tom, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, you guys you guys have your own styles and stuff. Are you writing, like, Jono, are you writing a song at home and then bringing it to the band and then Sam's chucking his bits in and, and vice versa? Is that how it works or are you writing songs together? Um, that, that was sort of the process um, for, for Gardens. It was more of a, you know, we'd come into the band with these songs, whether it was like a fully finished song or 90% and then the band kind of does its thing around that, whereas this time... 
it was much more like from the inception, we were doing the first demos together. Um, and it was still, you know, it was still one person's idea, but I think just from working on it together from the very beginning, um, the, the whole process was just a lot more collaborative. Um, and I think like, yeah, definitely the songs benefited from that. Um, it's just a, a better way to do things for us, I think. Must be cool having such, you know, good songwriters side by side each other. You must bounce off each other a lot. Does one get writer's block, the other one help out? I think, yeah, I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty apt assessment. I think we've kind of always talked about how we're super influenced by each other. Like a lot of the time in my kind of like experience as being a songwriter, my number one influence has been Jono and his songs. Um, so it's kind of like just everything kind of feeds off itself and it's just a bit of a, bit of a nice little setup it's, it's helpful it also means that we have to write half as many songs for an album as most writers would have to do which is a great little bonus that's yeah. true oh yeah, that's a really beautiful thing you said there sam like i love hearing that like you've got your, your buddy in the band and you look up to him and you know the, the world may, needs more of that kind of stuff it's true support you guys obviously are such good friends yeah, yeah. for sure we started doing this whole music thing together over a decade ago um wow and, was that long yeah. ago yeah, I started in, in high school, like just busking and doing acoustic covers and stuff together and that gradually fed into writing our own songs and um, doing stuff together. So from really the earliest days of me doing music at all, Sam was there alongside me doing it as well. So yeah, it's sort of over a decade long working relationship that we have. Yeah, I like I, I like to think we do know each other pretty well, but also I think it's kind of, it's an ever evolving process. I don't think we ever kind of rest on the laurels of our personal or professional relationship you know i think we're always kind of trying to make sure we're kind of maintaining things as best as we can and putting the work in and like sometimes we like talk every day for three weeks and then sometimes we like we both need a little space and we just kind of like do our own thing but i think it's been a wonderful journey to grow up with you as a person and a musician Jono, how about that <laughs> yeah from time to time though you guys must write something that's surely not everything you're writing's a masterpiece Surely there's days where some of the songs are, uh, do you pull each other up and how do you do it? I think it sort of just comes like quite naturally, uh, like how Sam said that, you know, we don't need to write as many songs each to make the full record. It also means that we can be more selective about the songs that we choose to pursue. So, you know, that I don't need to be like, oh, I'm not 100% sure about this song, but let's see what happens. We can just go... It's not working. Let's try something else. And there's just always been like a decent sized backlog of songs that we and ideas that we can work through. And um, and then I think even yeah, just in this process, the fact that we were working on them together from the beginning meant that you know someone else's different ideas are getting injected from the beginning of that process. So it's a bit more exciting to begin with anyway. Um, and it sort of gets you out of the way of using those same, you know, three or four tricks that you have in your own songwriting. It's just, yeah, it's a good way to keep everything a bit more fresh than it would be if we were writing independently and then doing it as a band. I know Mark and Tom, they shared Enemy of the State. I think it was six songs each. This new album, how many lead vocals per person? Seven and seven, baby. Seven and seven. Hey, 50-50 yeah. down the middle. Australia's Blink-182. Can I say it? <laughs> Do it. Do it. Um, who, who get, <laughs> <laughs> write it, write it, put it in the magazine. Um, who gets to listen to it before it gets released? Do the friends and family get to hear it or is this album under lock and key until the release date? Like we're, sh we're showing mates and stuff, I think. Like I, I don't think we're necessarily like throwing it out to every single person in the world, but we definitely like 
I don't know. It's it's something we're very proud of. So the, the kind of our, our nearest and dearest are kind of people that we've kind of there's been reason to send to. So they've got it. But yeah, I'd like I I my mom. parents have heard it. Yeah, have you showed your mum? Show mum. I feel them. Hectic. I need mom. to. I need yeah. to show my mum then. That's a that's a that's a bad move by me. <laughs> <laughs> that begs a question. What does mum? You know, what do your parents think about your music? And what have they always said over the decade? Um, Jono's dad recently decided that we were pretty good, right, Jono? Yeah, Is that dad, thing? was that recent? I think about six months ago was um, Dad made it through his first show without earplugs, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, he. Used to, I remember so clearly. Him, we showed him a song very early on, and it was like it was terrible. It was like iPhone recording in the band room, and he was like, "Oh, it sounds like uh, marbles in a blender." Oh. A very clear <laughs> thing I remember my dad telling me. Um, but no, we're uh, incredibly fortunate that you know our parents are, have always just been supportive and helped us get to gigs and when we couldn't drive and yeah, they've never held us back. <laughs> yeah, we're we're really lucky with the kind of support base that we've got. I think from from all angles in the band, we're a bunch of lucky boys. Yep, that's really good. I remember listening to Less Than Jake. You guys would know that band. Um, the singer he brought his brother into the recording studio once. And I don't think his brother was ever a fan of the band. And then he played uh, The Science is Selling Out, which is one of their big songs. Well, now it is. But he showed it to him. And it, out of everyone in the world that had told him whether his band was good or bad, it was his brother. When his brother listened to this, turned his ear at the speaker and he said, play that again. <laughs> and, he, and he played it again. And it was just his brother. And when he heard his brother had that reaction, he was like, I think we're going to be pretty good because my brother's the <laughs> toughest critic. Are your parents really tough critics or they just sort of just go along with the flow? Mine are pretty chill. Mine kind of just like kind of supportive no matter what. My dad's never told me it sounds like marbles in a blender. Um, <laughs> but he does He does do things like when he'll come to an acoustic show, he'll like rave about how much he really enjoyed that show in particular because it was much less loud and distorted. Um, but he'll never say it directly, you know. It's just like a little... Just a little, oh, that was really nice. Yeah. That yeah. kind of a... I thought if I ever got you guys on this podcast, and I have to tell you this story because uh, you're one of the few bands that I actually can pinpoint and remember the exact moment that I heard you guys for the first time. Oh, cool. Um, so I was uh, I was driving a motorhome through Queensland. I was on holiday. I had the dog in the back, listening to Luca Brasi, and then Spotify put on slowly, slowly. We went back to Luca Brasi, and then it spat out, like a golly, like spat out this new new thing that I hadn't heard yet. And I was like, I'm sitting there listening and I'm driving. I'm like, okay, I haven't heard this before, but this is good. I, I don't mind this. So then I've pressed a th- few things on the Spotify and, and made sure that I was listening to more things. And I'm like, I'm that guy that's like, uh, out of all of our mates, I'm like, I've got to be the guy that shows everyone the new band. And so I'm like, I'm like, yes, I've got a new band. This is awesome. This is awesome. So I'm driving back to the campsite and I'm like, this is so good. And I pull in and I uh, I get up the phone and I look through and I'm like, oh shit, these guys have been a band for like so long. I felt late, <laughs> I felt late to the party. I was like, oh, damn it. Yeah, we've been kicking around a bit, but I think things only started getting like serious and like arguably good relatively recently. I think like we've been yeah. together for like 10 years, but I think there was a pretty firm distinction between when it was a hobby and when it became like a serious pursuit, or at least when it appeared to be a serious pursuit. When was that moment? Is that when the label taps you on the shoulder or is that, um, you know, when you see a bigger crowd in front of you, where was that moment? 
I would say probably the label stuff. I think um, when Google Maps came out, we got one of those, like, Triple J on Earth on Facebook used to always, like, every couple of weeks just share a new band and those Facebook posts because Facebook was such a big deal and would, like, go kind of wild and we were lucky enough to get Google Maps shared on one of those at one point and then got lots of emails from booking agents and stuff. Within a couple of weeks, we had our first tour booked. Um, and then, yeah, that kind of, that year things just kind of started kind of snowballing. And I think from there, we just kind of, we took the ball and ran with it a little bit, you know? How DIY were those days, you know, before the record label got involved, were you, you guys doing everything? Yeah, pretty, pretty DIY. Um, we always had people record us. We never recorded ourselves. Um, at least we never broadcast recordings that we caught recorded of ourselves, (laughs) but yeah, but it's always been relatively DIY. If you see behind me this is a not a visual medium i know but there's like lots of boxes behind me these are all like the pre-order um album bundle merch things that we're getting ready to ship out soon because we're handling that all all in in in-house my wonderful partner rachel is kind of coordinating it shout out to rach um (laughs) yeah it's always it's always been pretty pretty diy right johnny like we've always strived to do as much as we can ourselves and then also to cut as many costs as we can by doing yeah. things ourselves. I think from like, what was it, the first six or seven years, Sam was handling all of the management side of the band as well. So that was like a, a massive task to take on and like something that I've only really recently realised like how big of a task that was to be doing alongside all of the other band stuff that we were doing at the time. So I guess in that sense, yeah, the early days are pretty DIY and that's a pretty clear distinction of when things became more serious is when, um we got like the management involved in the booking agents and yeah. just sort of built the team around us that we have now and that we're very happy with so managing a um that's a whole nother thing isn't it it's a lot of a lot of weight on the shoulders uh as well i i mean i've i've done it with with bands before it's it's hard everything's on your on your head that must have been a bit of relief there sam when you finally got a manager yeah for sure it was yeah for sure i mean i always loved i always loved kind of like steering the ship and stuff like it was always something that i was like doing because i was passionate about it um we still we're still pretty hands-on like i'm i talk to our manager like every single day skinny shout out legend and we're always doing stuff i'm i still i still like do like a lot of the logistics and stuff for the band like flights and a comm and stuff like that but um yeah it's definitely it's definitely a task and it was really nice when we brought skinny on board to be able to kind of take a little step back and be able to kind of do the art thing more as an artist, you know, have a little bit pre- less pressure. But yeah, I think it was very valuable as well to have like to have done it ourselves for a while to understand the process ar- around it. And at least, you know, you know, hear stories of bands that get a manager involved and they have absolutely no idea what the manager is actually doing. But, you know, coming from having done it ourselves, there was a bit more of a idea about what goes on. Not that Definitely helps. Well, I had a, I had a band on here uh, not long ago, and uh, their manager took all their money. So R.I.P. I, I, yeah, I I know what you guys are talking about. It can go, you can it can, you can have a great manager like you guys have, or you can uh, you can hire someone that you absolutely regret, and your wallet does too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Triple J, you guys got the like a version going. Um, Cole plays a scientist. Now, did things change when you when you did that, or did it already feel like there was plenty of mom- momentum before that? That was a huge moment for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Going in there, being able to go in the studio. Not only that, you get to recover this cool song, Coldplay, incredible band, great song, uh, and you made it your own. Yeah. Um, I think we took a lot of pride in the kind of the way we kind of arranged it and stuff. It was such a cool opportunity. Like a version, like 
it's such a cliche now, but like we grew up listening to that. We grew up like dreaming of doing that. But to be able to do that was like one of the coolest things. It's one of those things where it's like you do it and then you're like, okay, cool. Maybe we can pack it in now because what is there left to achieve in Australia? You know, when you do it, it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty um, encouraging and exciting. But yeah, it was a very fun process and things kind of like, there was definitely a lot of attention came on us when we did it and it was very well timed with the release of Gardens and we had a lot of other stuff going on, like we were in the middle of a tour and it was just kind of all the stars kind of aligned and there was just lots of eyes looking our way, which we were very fortunate to have. Jono, big moment for you, jumping on there on Triple J and doing that. Yeah, absolutely. It was just uh, kind of surreal. I was sort of pinching myself through the whole thing and definitely like extremely nervous to be doing it as well. I was shitting myself that morning. Um, But yeah, uh, we were just blown away by the reception that we got and the fact, I I think we, we won a lot of people over with the song choice that we did and the way that we did it. And I think it, maybe showed people like another side of us people were expecting us to do like a loud heavy punk thing and it was sort of a good opportunity to you know show some more things that we can do and hopefully we get to do it again i'm sure you guys will now listen i've um i've joined the slice space great name by the way oh, uh, i'm sure you guys didn't come up with some someone else has made this uh fan account i'm not sure but there's 2000 fanatical sly withers fans on there and uh, I had to scroll through and I found someone got a foot tattoo. I think they got some thongs on there. Like, what's it like to see that kind of stuff? It's wild. Um, I was going through my phone camera roll the other day and I found a photo of Jono signing some kid's shoe in Hobart one time. That's just crazy. You signed a kid's shoe, Jono. You <laughs> ruined his footwear. Signed a kid's forehead in Hobart. The forehead? Yeah. <laughs> And then, when he came, then he came to one of the shows recently or something a couple of years later. Is that a thing that happened? Yeah, he said he like went yeah. to school the next day and he was like, check it out. Boy, fine. <laughs> wow. um, but yeah, Slice Space is, is such an amazing little thing that we like had very little to do with. Um, it's yeah. run by a dude called Jake McMillan from Perth. He's the sweetest, loveliest dude, and he's so passionate about music, not just us. But yeah, it's such a lovely community in there. I'm not actually in there whenever I look at it. I just steal my girlfriend's phone and look through it um but yeah it's such a crazy thing that exists we're so lucky we have such lovely supporters all right you've given me a few songs from the album what songs should i be looking out for what are your favorites on it um we'll start with you Jono. my favorites i think um we'll go with ones that i'm really excited to play live yeah probably um hotel stuck uh stupid and last would be my my three picks okay i'm very excited for Sam? I'm pretty I'm pretty amped to get something out into the universe. I think um, the way that one turned out is super exciting, super powerful and stuff. I've got a soft spot for the song Overgrown as well. It's one of the first ones we wrote for the record. Some of the lyrics in that one are some of my favourites that I've ever done. Um, I'm also a massive fan of all of the songs, particularly Hotel Stuck, as Johnny said before, that one, like when the day we got that first mix back of that song, I don't even know if it was mixed, it was just like a rough... And I was, I was just like floored at how excited I was for that to exist in the universe. It's, it's a bottom. I, I cannot wait for it. I know a lot of Sly with his fans are just bursting at the seams. They just want to get their hands on it. I want to break into the house and grab it and take it home. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Police will stop you. Um, there's a tour that is happening as well. Tell us about the tour. Big tour. Big scary um, tour. Big scary tour in big 
scary rooms with big <laughs> scary amounts of people that we have to sell tickets to. Yeah, it's it's gonna be revived. I think we're going to. I think we we going to every state and territory, Jonathan. I believe yes, we, we are. are. We are. Yeah, hitting up are. a bit of Adelaide, Canberra, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Hobart, Darwin, and Perth. And we've got Moaning Lisa coming along for the whole ride, which will be yep. amazing. Um, and then Tyler. Richardson's opening up most of the shows from the Cabrazi, which is nice. an absolute spin out to have him on like someone we looked up to. And like, it's a, a very big pinch yourself moment to have him playing. And then um, town's coming to Perth and we're having Madura green open up in Adelaide. It's going to be big fun. Lots of good rock shows. Are there a lot of, uh, a lot of those places you haven't played? No, we've hit them all before. I'm pretty oh, sure. You have. Yeah. 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 You guys don't muck around. We're a full lap kind of band. Sort of like once you leave Perth, you may as well do the whole thing before you come home again. Well, I won't take up too much of your time, boys. Um, thank you so much for jumping on the on the street press. Uh, Jono and Sam from Sly with his new album out October 28th. Hell yeah. Okay. Wow. Unfortunately, they weren't naked, but uh, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks right, for boys. having us, Sean. See ya. Yes, yeah, Sam and Jono, Sly Withers, Overgrown is their new album. It's coming out this Friday. Set your alarms. Do whatever you've got to do to make sure that Friday morning you are the first to be listening to it. I will be, and I'll probably beat you to it because I am up early. I'll be up at about 3 o'clock on Friday morning, and that's what I'll be blasting all the way down the M1. Um, so good to have the boys on here. And uh, they are doing a tour. Don't forget. You can catch them live. They're going to be on tour uh, next week, Friday the 4th. They're going to be hitting up Adelaide, the Gov. After that, uh, actually, the following Thursday, they're going to be in Canberra, then Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Hobart, Darwin, and Perth. So they'll finish up back at home. Uh, like I said at the start of this podcast, one of the best up-and-coming bands at the moment. It's like with us. Go check them out. All right, it's time for this. Okay, this is the part of the podcast. If you're a regular, you know how it goes. It's called Letters. If you're here for the first time, this is the part where you can write on into the show. You can uh, say whatever you'd like. And as long as you don't abuse me too much, I'll read it out. This one is from Andy Clues, brother of Mitchell. Uh, He's been listening... Cheeky bug, Andy. He says, this is about last week's episode, Darren Kiss Chasey, uh, we had on. And Andy says, out of 10, how close were you bringing up that you covered Face Without a Name when you recorded at Megaphone Studios? Look, Andy's bringing this up because it's one of the most awful Kiss Chasey covers um, (laughs) that that has ever been released and uh, I am singing on that and look I was only 15 Andrew calm down alright jeez I had a crack everyone used to say it was shit but you know it's done now it's a part of history um, I think that was the school band we were called MJ Uni uh, weird band name um, there is a story to it but I just bore you um, so Andy how close was I to bringing up that I covered. No, I didn't bring, I actually didn't cross my mind when I was speaking to Darren and that's truthful. I um, didn't even think about um, bringing up that I'd covered his song horrendously. So there's your answer, Andy. Um, Thanks for listening, mate. It's good to have you. Um, (laughs) Also, hey, if you want to write a letter into the show, head to the Street Press Podcast 
Com. There's a section there called Letters. There's also another tab now where you can request an artist. So if there's someone that you think that I should interview, um, put that in the request folder. There's also an Articles tab, like I'm just writing stories um, whenever I can get to it and update it. Um, I've sort of come full circle. I used to do all this stuff when I was 18. And uh, so, yeah, some of the podcasts become articles, such as last week's episode with Kiss Chasey, uh, where he revealed to the podcast that Kiss Chasey are back in 2023. So if you haven't listened to it, head back and listen to it. I've just ruined it for you. Um <laughs> Also, in terms of my band, the Ritzy Kids, big news. We are playing another show. It's all booked in. Thank you to the staff, to Sean in particular at the Sunken Monkey in Erina. Uh, we are going to play there Friday the 16th of December. That's a week before Christmas. Uh, we've got a few support acts as well on the show. But, yeah, we were looking for another gig, somewhere to play locally, somewhere to play in our hometown for the first show in our hometown. And the Sunken Monkey Hotel is where it's going to be, Friday 16th of December. If you want to grab your tickets, head to theritzykids.com. I just want to say a shout out to Sean, who's the organizer there. We were emailing for like close to a year about whether any gigs were coming up, whether we could jump on any supports at the uh, Sunken Monkey. In the end, we just said, why don't we just put on a show there? And uh, we, we cut out all the email rubbish. And I said, let's go and have a beer. And I, I went over to the Sunken Monkey. And we had a beer and he showed me the venue, showed me the stage. It looks pretty schmick. So it's a great venue. We're going to be there. That's the big news. We are pumped. I hope you are too. And next week on Wednesday, new episode of the Street Press Podcast. Another guest on. We're dropping these every single week. I'll speak to you then. Ta-da. Ta-da.